Before we begin, please note that none of the information in this episode constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by Galaxy Digital or its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Future Proof, Financial Advisor IQ's podcast dedicated to digital assets for the modern financial advisor. Happy to have you here for our last conversation of the year. Fittingly, our topic today is a look forward. What to expect from digital assets in 2021. My name is Jonathan Bronstein. I'm with Financial Advisor IQ. As always, we're brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. Well, 2020 has been a landmark year for digital assets. It's available across the payment apps on my iPhone, and they're even talking about it on the morning sports radio show in New York. What a difference 12 months can make. So what can we expect from an encore? Our eyes are turned to the major banks, the investment platforms, PayPal and Square, and the digital payment space as we look to the continuing development and evolution of the space. To shed some light on what we might see next year, we welcome back Paul Capelli, Portfolio Manager at Galaxy Digital. How are you, Paul? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, no pressure here being the last one of the year, but uh, I think what's uh, really interesting and, and, and great is, uh, you know, the, the positive note we're going out on here as opposed to the last two years where, where crypto is struggling. Now we're really looking forward to uh, an impressive 2021. Absolutely. Well, Paul, if we didn't think you could handle it, we wouldn't have had you on. So we're looking forward to it. Let's get started. 20 minutes on the clock. First question. Janet Yellen has been announced as Biden's pick to run the Treasury. Um, You know, still to be confirmed, of course. But uh, from a cryptocurrency point of view, how do you feel about that pick? Do we do we know much about what she thinks of digital assets? Well, you know, she was the, um, you know, former chairman of the Federal Reserve in the, in the previous administration. And that is typically a position of someone who is extremely measured and thoughtful and takes a pragmatic and pragmatic and disciplined approach uh, to markets. Um, and, and I, you know, I think that it will be interesting to see what the approach is, right? Because previously in, in any position kind of surrounding monetary policy, um, you had to really uh, take the approach of, you know, we're going to see what happens with Bitcoin and digital assets. And, and in some ways, it even got a little bit uh, ignored. It wasn't big enough to be uh, addressed. But I think what we're seeing now is uh, someone who's been around Washington, someone who kind of understands the cadence there and is going to, you know, kind of, I think, in my opinion, have to take a look at digital assets, right? Um, I, I think that, you know, Steve Mnuchin, uh, who is the current uh, head of the Treasury now is, you know, kind of sidestepped there, kind of talked about it a little bit here and there, um, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, never really committing. Um, but I, I also think it's important to remember that there's going to be other people around uh, Capitol Hill and Washington, D.C. Who are, who are very positive uh, around uh, digital assets. Um, I, we just had a senator uh, who's uh, pro-crypto uh, uh, out of Wyoming um, being um you know, uh, appointed. I think we're going to have, you know, Gary Gensler, who's, who's been fairly positive in his approach uh, to uh, digital assets is being talked about um, for, for, for the Fed chair role. Um, 
we, we are uh, hearing, uh, you know, Hester Pierce has been a positive uh, voice uh, around all of this, right? So uh, I, I think that uh, Janet Yellen will probably take the same approach she's always taken, um, be measured, be thoughtful. And uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see kind of what the overall uh, approach is uh, of, uh, of the new administration uh, as things start to turn over and digital assets continue to grow and take center stage. Sure. Well, what are you hoping to see, um, you know, in terms of rules, in terms of legislation? What what would you like to see come out of Washington next year? So it, it's really interesting, right, because that's such a broad way to, to take the approach. And I think the last three years since the last kind of crypto run have been about uh, infrastructure. They have been about, um, you know, building and, and, and access points. Right. But one thing we have not seen really from uh you know, Washington or the Fed or, or the Treasury or just, you know, any administration broadly is is commitment, right? We're not seeing anybody commit to these are the terms, these are the rules, these are ways that people can feel comfortable, right? We've seen, you know, the DFS in New York make some changes. We've seen things in, in South Dakota and Wyoming. Um, we've seen the, the Office of Controller and the Currency with Brian Book, Brooks and the OCC right? Uh, he was part of, part of the former, you know, Coinbase Mafia, as they say, right? There's been some positivity around banks and holding digital assets. But we haven't seen anything more broad, right? That, that kind of gives people that comfort of, you know, what, will there be any kind of curveball that comes at us going forward that's going to affect uh, our on-ramps or, or the general approach? So what I'm really hoping is just some more firm clarity or some more firm committee and, and, and uh, you know, policymakers that are committed to uh, driving digital assets forward. Um, you know, it might take some time. Obviously, there's, there's you know, in some ways, a lot bigger issues with, with monetary policy, but, but some clarity um, out of Washington uh, next year and beyond would, be, would really be, I think, beneficial not only for the space, but beneficial for investors that, that are kind of understanding that Bitcoin story um, that we've kind of seen here and in, in uh, you know, 2020 start to play out, especially in the in the second and th in the third and fourth quarter. Sure. All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at the banks. Um, what do you think is the next step for the banks to take? Um, you know, certainly. JP Morgan made some news this year, you know, talking about the JPM coin. Do, do you expect other banks to follow that lead? So it's, it's a really interesting topic, right? Because there is this idea that digital assets in many ways were uh, designed to, to disrupt the banks and disrupt the uh, old guard. And if you kind of look at 2008 and, and the financial crisis and where Bitcoin was was born, right? This whole digital revolution, right? This this non-sovereign asset, non-controlled asset revolution. It was born out of disruption of the banks. However, uh, those large institutions are still very much um, at play in our everyday financial lives. And one way to really think about it is that for a long time the banks uh, were counterparties, right? Um, there were counterparties of trading. There were counterparties of deals. They were they were involved, right? But after 2008, 2009, they really changed their approach to become uh, service providers, right? Financial services is what we always talk about, right? So what I would really like to see is uh, banks become part of that ecosystem and the infrastructure that is servicing clients, right? And if clients are demanding that 
they are that they need or want digital assets in their portfolio or to have custody or have a part of sales and trading or deal flow, right? I'm sure that'll that'll create some competition for for Galaxy Digital, but competition's healthy. I want to see banks kind of you know, kind of define a little bit what their role in this ecosystem is going to be and figure out how they're going to service their clients and service those large pools of capital and and, and bring digital assets um, into portfolios of, of so many investors out there that are questioning it and wanting it, right? We've seen reports around digital assets. We have seen commentary. We have seen, you know, Jamie Dimon and, and, and other CEOs talk about um, digital assets, but we're, we're not really seeing them participate, right? Where's the participation? So I think that will be interesting, right? They've all talked about blockchain technology, but mm-hmm. blockchain is a lot different than actual Bitcoin or, or actual digital assets and the protocols, right? And the investment of it. So I think what I want to see in 2021 is is maybe, you know, some banks stepping up and, and becoming part of the ecosystem that we that a lot of us have been part of for, for you know, so many years now, three, three, four or five years. You know, I, I think uh, I think the financial advisors that are listening to this would absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, and, and I think their question really is going to be, you know, will, will their clients be able to directly hold Bitcoin, other digital assets, you know, in a bank or an investment account this year or next year, I should say. Do you think it's going to happen? So, you know, I do. I really do. I think the infrastructure has come so far, right? But I also am in my conversations and in sentiment and seeing what we're seeing here at Galaxy Digital from our position in the ecosystem, where, you know, advisors and, um, you know, other money managers out there are are, going to say, listen, our clients want access to this. People understand the value prop of these assets and kind of this, you know, world that's gone from an an analog system. Society, to a digital society, to a, to a local uh, kind of uh, financial world, to, to, to a globalized financial world. And if they're not going to get it from where they've gotten it previously, they're going to find new roads to do that. And, and I think that is um, really interesting, right? Because that's the very definition of, of disruption, right? Um, you know, the, if the old guard can't keep up and provide what we need, we're going to go find it somewhere else. And I, I think that's really going to be um, a really interesting narrative and theme uh, for the future and especially uh, for, for definitely the second half of 2021. Sure. Well, let's talk about some of those disruptors because certainly the uh, among the biggest news of 2020 would have to be PayPal, you know, in recent months, um, you know, m- making it possible for all of their millions and millions of, uh, of users to buy and sell and, and, and transact in, Bitcoin and other uh, digital assets right on their platform. Um, so the question I have for you is, well, what about Facebook? Because we've been hearing about Facebook for for a few years now, um, you know, and, you know, that, that they were, that they're going to get into the space and they're going to change everything. Um, well, Facebook's now facing a lot of new heat from the government. Um, you know, about whether they can even remain as, as a single company, whether they need to sell off, you know, elements of their company that they've collected over the years. So what, how's that going to affect everything with them? What do you expect to see from them in 2021? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, right? Facebook and the Libra project, um, and now they've changed names a few times, right? They have, the, they have I think, now the, the Novi wallet, and I think the, the coin has gone from Libra to, to DM 
Um, but, but I think Facebook's role, right, is more symbolic of the, of the disruption uh, that tech companies are going to cause by uh, providing on-ramps and access to digital assets, right? I think Facebook recently announced in the last six weeks that uh, you know this new uh, Libra DM or whatever they're calling it these days is is set to kind of uh, take center stage and launch as a a stable coin. Um, but I mean, look look what's going on, right? You, you just mentioned it, right? PayPal, uh, Square, right? Um, you know, micro micro strategy now announcing uh, that that this is going to be a main part of their treasury strategy, right? It, 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 these these tech giants, right, have been um, great at causing uh, disruption, right? And I know Facebook's going through the ringer right now with, you know, their their Instagram uh, issues and 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 you know uh, other issues about WhatsApp and you know how much of the world are they controlling, especially with data and information. But they're going to be right there in the mix, right? That you'd expect them to be. Um, but I expect a lot of other companies, right, to to be there too, right? Um, the tech space. It's huge. It is known for disruption. Uh, you know, Bitcoin has obviously been hot in Silicon Valley for, for quite a while uh, now. And, and I don't see that stopping, right? I, I do think that there's just going to be a continued arms race around um, digital asset offering, um, you know, technology and everything that kind of uh, results from one, uh, the payment space to, the, to providing uh, uh, access to the unbanked. Um, and I think that will just continue to go forward, right? Um, this, this is kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, the train has, uh, you know, left the station, right? Um, and, you know, years ago, uh, you know, I think that, you know, our CEO, Mike Novogratz, and, and some of the other people that were early in the space, whether it was Wences or, or Pete Brigger and, and, and other people that were just these world-class investors are now seeing that next stage of investor come into the space, right? Um, whether that be a... a, a um, you know, Stan Drunkenmiller or a Paul Tudor Jones, right? So I think that's going to just continue to uh, lead towards more technology uh, disruption, and that's going to intersect with the banking system. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to see how that all develops. It's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, worth watching, and and certainly, I mean, with you, you look at PayPal. I mean, we we've we've all reacted to the news, but what's going to be interesting is the the uptake and the effect of the uptake over the next you know six months year longer you know if it really creates that many new uh users um and, and buyers and sellers and whatnot um i want to uh i want to wrap up with a few uh bitcoin questions specifically uh before we run out of time um you know it's been a it's been a wild ride for investors the the past couple of months. What what do you think our trajectory is really looking like? Is this going to continue? You know, it's it's a really interesting question. But if you had to kind of you know look at the board or, or you know kind of you know decide you know how are you going to hedge your bets? What bet are you willing to make? How are you going to look at this space? Um, you really have to think that it's going to continue, right? We are just seeing larger pools of capital that are stickier money um, come into the space, um, especially from our position um, in the ecosystem. Uh, you have seen kind of COVID accelerate the, the Bitcoin narrative because it's instituted a new uh, monetary policy, right? So uh, the, the idea of Bitcoin being digital gold um, has now shown that it is 
digital gold, right? It is uh, deflationary with an inelastic supply curve. It uh, certainly is, uh, you know, a non-sovereign asset. It's not controlled by any one group. Um, and I, I think as people realize that Bitcoin right now is it's an easier to move gold. It's a cheaper to store gold, right? It is a limited supply asset. Sure, it has um, some more volatility, but I think at some point, that will give way to, to, to functionality, right? Um, then maybe there is, uh, you know, use for it to, to be used for payments in the future, right? That's why PayPal is here. That's why Square is here. That's why Cash App is here. Um, so I think that we are going to see the trajectory um, continue to, to, you know, to build. I think the Bitcoin story is becoming more understood. Um, and if you really look at it, we're, we're in early innings, right? We, we, I think that we will continue to see Bitcoin um, infringe on the market cap of gold, right? Um, at what pace? I don't know. Um, this has certainly been a feverish pace, but you know, having been in crypto for you know professionally for three plus years, this is a space that does move uh, feverishly, right? Whether it goes up or down. So I, I think the trajectory is um, a positive one for sure. You know, a quick follow on that. Um... You, you made the comment that we're in early innings, and I believe I've heard you say that before. And for the listener who, you know, is trying to sort all this out and, and really understand, you know, where we are, when will we not be in early innings? What, what, what is, what, way, at what point, what are the guideposts that will let us know that the market for Bitcoin is, has taken it the next step in its development or its evolution? Well, I think the first thing you could do is look at price, right? Price seems to be this thing that is so captivating around Bitcoin, right? Not just the price, uh, the sticker price, but the fluctuation, the volatility, the speed at which, uh, you know, price seems to move that velocity, right? That we see in it, you know, the ups, the downs. Um, but if you really think about the market itself, um, you know, gold is, um, you know, a $12 trillion market, right? And Bitcoin at 55K is only 1 trillion, right? So if, if it becomes, you know, one-tenth the size of, or one-twelfth the size of gold, right? I think we're in a, we're in a pretty good place, right? So, if, you know, 500K Bitcoin, right, would make it equal to the size of gold. Um, sure, but I think a lot of the topics that we were talking about earlier, right? where all these different parts of the financial ecosystem are participating with Bitcoin, right? Are participating uh, in digital assets. We're not just seeing, I'm not just saying from a perspective of a price, I'm saying from, you know, you're gonna get it as a major uh, bank offering. You're gonna get it, um, you know, in your, um, you know, advisory, uh, you know, advisors may be able to just invest for you uh, somewhat easily. There's just, the friction will continue to go down, right? So I think what we're really looking for is uh, the being able to invest in Bitcoin just becomes more seamless and more ubiquitous along with price going up, right? And I think that just really comes from the fact that you need that air cover from uh, the you know the old world. And what, sure, I think that is a little bit to the antithesis of what um, you know digital assets or crypto is all about. But Bitcoin now is a tool and a weapon in your portfolio. It is uncorrelated. It is anti-inflationary. It is limited supply. And it has other attributes um, like being scarce and easy to store uh, and cheap to move that really, I think, are going to um, attract 
investors um, in 2020 and beyond. All right. So to that extent, we're though we're in the early innings still, we may be getting closer to uh, to moving into uh, we'll call it the middle innings of <laughs> of Bitcoin. Um, all right. We're going to ask one more question because we are running out of time, but I do think this is on everyone's minds. You hinted at it just now. Um, we have to talk about Bitcoin's price. It is what everybody is uh, is thinking about and talking about, particularly lately, uh, as it's as it's climbed to record highs. Um, just last week, your colleague Steve Kurtz echoed Galaxy's founder Mike Novogratz saying that Bitcoin at 60k is possible in 2021. Um, this year, Bitcoin's Bitcoin's price uh, jumped were tied to major investments and new platforms such as PayPal. What kind of news do we need to see in 2021 to make 60K a reality? Well, I don't think we need any new news, right? The, the cake is kind of baked, right? Uh, you know, according to our, our partners at Bloomberg, right? Uh, Bloom, uh, Bitcoin is currently trading at 19,135 as we're talking about this, right? So that's, that's quite a jump from where we uh, were earlier in the year, right? The story of Bitcoin is baked um, the, the I think the idea for it to be bit digital gold is baked and it's starting to resonate uh, with investors. I think what we need to continue to see, right, is the uh, need for investors to have uncorrelated um, uh, deflationary limited supply of hard assets in their portfolio, right, and the and the large pools of capital continue to understand and get the clearance to invest in the space. I think if that continues and that trajectory continues, I do think we continue to push towards, um, you know, 60K and that kind of $1 trillion market cap mark, right? Um, you know, Mike Novogratz, our CEO, has been talking about this for quite some time with the herd is coming. Well, uh, well the, the early members of the, the herd have arrived, right? Those so-called alpha mares, right? We're seeing that, right? With, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of legendary macro investors, right? And and, you know, we saw Mass Mutual invest um, in the space and we're seeing public companies use their balance sheet, right? So that's starting to happen. If that continues to happen, right, if that, you know, continues to give investors at every level comfort, I think we really are going to see uh, a continued major uh, increase uh, in price uh, as, as we move towards uh, next year. All right, Paul. Well, we can only wait and watch and see what happens, but, uh, but we're all looking forward to it. That's all the time we have. Paul, it's been a great year. Thank you so much uh, for your time today and in past episodes. We do appreciate it. Listeners, that's it for 2020, but please turn back to the archives to listen to the past episodes that you may have missed, especially if this is your first time joining us. We are glad that you listened. We hope you liked what you heard. Our older episodes can be found on Financial Advisor IQ or on your favorite podcast player. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Acast, just to name a few. Just search for Future Proof. And if you do listen to our podcast, please leave us a rating and a review so that others can find us. This podcast is a production of Financial Advisor IQ, a service of the Financial Times, and is brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein, and I produced and edited this podcast. Our music is written and performed by Oliver Mack. We'll see you soon. Have a great holiday season.